We're, We're back. back. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> oh my god. Happy it's- Halloween, everybody. <laughs> it's not Halloween yet, but this is our official Halloween episode. And we are going to be talking about some spooky, scary things if I in can the fitness industry. Quote Alyssa Edwards real quickly. It's the spooky. Ooky, creepy and scary Halloween episode. <laughs> exactly. Ah, oh, also, we are officially back after an unintentional hiatus. We appreciate your uh patience. We took a surprise rest day. <laughs> Yeah, rest six weeks. Yeah. Um, I also saw that many of you took this opportunity to get caught up on previous episodes. So I appreciate that you are still listening um, and uh, getting caught up on the back catalog. I hope you like what you listen to. <laughs> yeah, I've had lots of DMs from people saying like, oh, I finally got around to listening to this episode or this episode. And it's always so fun. I don't know. I get hyped up to record a new episode when... You know, I know people are listening to the old ones and loving them and wanting more. And that's not, I hope that doesn't sound like pressure on you. All this to say, we appreciate you sharing that feedback with us. And more than anything, we appreciate you listening because we love talking to you. Yes, so much. Um, But yeah, so thank you for your patience. That it was, this break was entirely on uh, me and happenings in my life. I had a couple of weddings and then in between them a hurricane and so between the travel and the uh not having internet and the my house almost being underwater I was simply not able to sit down and record but we are finally back and it um, will happen again because we're human and we're happy that you're okay and your house is okay and things are back to a little (sighs) bit more normal Yes. Luckily, the water did not actually come all the way to the house, um, just dangerously close. So (sighs) no insurance claims this time. But I mean, this is what I signed up for uh, buying a house in Florida. So Mm. it is what it is. (laughs) Um, But yeah, let's get right into today's episode because we do not Mm. have time to record a long one. Um, This is not going to be a deep dive on any one particular topic. This is going to be a little bit of a catch up news roundup and then Halloween spooky fun times games at the end. So I, I hope love some Halloween everybody. spooky fun times. It's going to be good. Me too. Um, I guess maybe should we just do one Halloween question in the beginning to kind of get into the Halloween spirit? Yeah. I don't know what this is going to be. I can't wait. Um, what do you have? Mind? I am wondering, well, you're probably not ready to reveal your costumes this year. Are you correct? Okay, so those are still surprises. So um, top three, not even necessarily like all time, but just right now, top three favorite costumes you've ever done. Oh, oh, Carolyn, I could have prepared for that. Okay. Um, Or three costumes that you really like that you've done. And it's okay I mean, I your answer changes later. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm not I don't have my hand on any kind of holy book. I'm I'm fine, too. Um Okay, number three would have to be in college. I uh, this is this one is underappreciated because I can't really share it because I did it with my boyfriend at the time, and you can't like repost your Halloween pictures with your ex and be like, "LOL, dudes, mm. look at this." Um, but we did Justin <laughs> and Brittany in the denim getups at the VMAs before that was really like a pop cultural 
culture moment that was cycling back around. Like, I feel like I've seen a lot of those in yeah. the past couple of years, but this was like 2015, I think. Oh my God. Um, so I'm very proud Crop of that him one. out and post the picture anyway. Right. I didn't get a good solo pick. I was not in my influencer era, but I did, mm. you know, sew an, a denim ball gown from scratch. So I was pretty proud of that. Um, I'm going to say, let's see. Number two was probably Midsummer. Um, mm. Grady was the boyfriend in the bear and I was Florence Pugh. And that was a really good one. Also, because I did a lot of character work that night, I had to be told several times oh. to shut up because we were in an apartment building with neighbors and I was getting down on all fours to do the shrieking. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm an actress. Oh um, and oh then I'd say right now, I know I'm probably blanking on one that I'm very proud of, but I'm going to say Olivia Rodrigo and Joe Biden because that was such a pop culture niche and Ooh, Olivia Rodrigo yes. reposted it on her Instagram story. So I mean, you can't beat that. I, yeah, I can't walk away from that one. So also speaking of creepy, I'm literally going to take a picture of this. Move your head to the other side of the camera for a second, <laughs> because the clothes and hat hanging on your wall look like a creepy person coming into the room with well, you. OK, you can't post that because this is actually one of my Halloween costumes for this year. OK, I'll wait to post it until after you reveal. I'll I can't tell even tell what that would be. The image is so grainy. It just looks like <laughs> an amorphous blob with a red face. This can be a little this can be a little Easter egg from for the podcast listeners only. Uh, the I'm, hats still, are, I'm still going to wait to post it. <laughs> yeah, the hats are Grady's. It's a 49ers hat. Um, but this is a blue dressing robe with a feathered marabou trim. Oh, that's what that... Okay, I see it now. Now so that you've that explained you it, I can... that gives you any kind of idea, that's where we're going this year. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. How about you? My top three. top three... Um, these are in no particular order. These are just in the order that I'm remembering them. Um, number one is Tinkerbell because I did her multiple times the mm. first time when I was like nine and at Aww. least once in college. Um, and I just identify with Tinkerbell very closely more than any Disney princess. Um, she's my girl and I will probably dress as her again one year, even though I'm not as blonde as I used to be when I was younger. Second, that I, um, this is from two years ago. So it was like the COVID 2020, uh, Halloween. So I was like, I'm just going to put it all into a costume, even if I'm not really doing much of anything. <laughs> um, but I did, uh, like rock star Patrick star, like, mm. um, fishnets Patrick from yes. the SpongeBob movie. And I really knocked it out of the park. I'll post a, a, picture in a little rewind thing in my story but that was one of my favorite costumes ever and I still have the pieces so I could easily redo that one if I wanted to that's very good and and then another one that you know looking back the execution was maybe not a hundred percent but I was very proud of what I was what I was able to do with absolutely no sewing skills or knowledge <laughs> um but in high school I think in 10th grade ninth or 10th grade, 10th grade, I was Lady Gaga. And I made from 
I don't even know found materials, I guess, <laughs> and maybe a one a twenty dollar trip to Joanne Fabrics. The poker face dress where it like the hips like stick way out on the side and yes. it has the sparkly triangle on the front. Oh, and I so good. Just it was very very ambitious, and I feel like I pulled it off pretty well. So those are my top three. That's impressive. I'm runner up is sexy Beetlejuice that I did last year. (laughs) Excellent. (sighs) Fair. Okay. Well, let's get into the uh, less now that we're in a spooky mood. We'll get. Yeah, we'll get back to it. So let's talk about stuff that's spooky in a slightly different way. Let's Mm. talk about Beachbody again because my there is news. There is news. Look at us doing a follow-up, being proper journalists. Right? Um, So essentially, Beachbody is about to rebrand, sort of. Um, Carl Deichler, the um, CEO of Beachbody, made uh, an Instagram post on October 16th announcing something that he had, um, also recently just announced for the first time at a Beachbody coach leadership summit. So basically where all of the MLM coaches that are like high enough up in the ranks go and have like a weird, like religious gathering together. Um, so he made an announcement there and then a little bit later made this post on Instagram that says, Fitness and nutrition plans fail when they are pursued at the expense of self-esteem. That is the playbook of the, capitalized here, imperfection economy. Forcing people to compete and compare themselves to some ideal in order to feel like they are succeeding equals, uh, in order to feel like they're succeeding equals, again, capitalized here, permanent dissatisfaction. I don't know why those are capitalized terms, but okay. We need to help people embrace who they are now and how they want to feel, then help them take action aligned with exactly that. No comparisons, no competition, no shame, no guilt. The breakthrough is to learn to love yourself it, uh, enough that taking care of who you are in the way that's right for you is a reflex. That is health esteem. So he posted that. Um <sighs> And, and and so he posted that, and this is on the heels of the announcement that he made at the Leadership Summit, which is that Beachbody is changing its name um, and consolidating a bunch of its internal components under one new umbrella term, which is BODY, B-O-D in capitals, I in lowercase, which basically they're going the way of Weight Watchers where they're just making an acronym that sounds less offensive. Um, but the acronym yeah. is still just the old name. So body B O D lowercase I is an acronym that stands for beach body on demand interactive. <laughs> so they're rebranding away from beach body, but they're still technically beach body. And so I was doing some research on all of this because I'm like, this is so interesting. Like they are making a hard pivot in their messaging, claiming to essentially not be a diet company anymore, claiming to care about health esteem, um, trying to turn, I guess, 
the pursuit of weight loss because I imagine they're probably not going to stop doing their weight loss programs, but brand the pursuit of weight loss as an act of self-love in order to try to make their old school diet brand aligned with the new mainstream appeal of body acceptance and the body positivity movement. So I wish everyone could hear how much I'm rolling my eyes right now. (laughs) They're in the back of your head. (laughs) I'm so annoyed. It's just annoying to me at this point. I, I think I had something more eloquent to say and the prevailing So I have a little bit more background annoyance. about this um, and I'll keep it quick. But basically, okay. this is all happening because Beachbody's stock has tanked. Um, about a year and a half ago, they went mm. public. We talked about all of this in our like deep dive Beachbody episode. They went public. A part of that yes. was a merger between them and two other companies. One was like a venture capital company um, that was like their big like investor firm. Um, and the other was another mm-hmm. fitness company called Mix Fitness, which was the bicycle like in like indoor home bicycle thing that was supposed to be competing with Peloton. So all three of those companies came together in a merger and that was a part of Beachbody going public. The problem was they did this all under the new like name of um, Beachbody Corporations, I think is what it is. And this ended up being a big problem for them because the – name Beachbody has a lot of baggage attached to it because of the connotations with the whole multi-level marketing thing. And so because Mm. um, like smaller investors, like not big companies, but just like individual people have such like a hesitation um, to trust anything that Beachbody puts out because it's associated with as they should. Yeah. Your Facebook (laughs) friends from middle school, like hitting you up after 12 years and being like, Hey babe, want to join my coaching group? Like people have a bad association, a negative association (laughs) with it. So they're not wanting to invest. And Mm -hmm. um, the latest headline I saw is that in 2022 their stock has dropped 12 percent um which i think is significant i don't know much about this stuff but basically they are not doing well as a company financially they've taken a hard hit this year um and i guess they're in a lot of debt um and so that is why they are trying a pretty drastic rebrand And I'm very I would interested like to, think to see where it goes. That's due to the impact of our podcast. I think it's episode. because of our podcast episode. Yeah, and it, so basically, dear listeners, it was all you. It, it was all you guys. Thank you. I mean, there's like 1,500 <laughs> of you that listened to that uh, episode, which is like <laughs> amazing. Makes Damn, my little heart sing. I know. Um, but yeah, so body like Beachbody Interactive used to be just like one of their many offerings that all seemed the same, like. I don't know. That was one thing that I talked about in our original episode that they had all of these different programs and platforms. And I'm like, these all seem so similar to each other. Why are they all being I'm going to say it. They're not good at branding. No. And none, it's very convoluted and very confusing. Yes. And so I think they maybe have realized that and they're trying to streamline things. And so everything is going to mm-hmm. be under this new umbrella as far as I can tell. And they are like, you know 
DVDs are by the wayside. That's not a thing anymore. Um, I think they're changing Mm -hmm. the app. It's all going to be this new interactive platform that just used to be one piece of the big pie. Um, And I'm Mm. interested to see how it actually changes and where it goes if their programs kind of change if they stop focusing on aesthetics and weight loss so much um only time will tell but yeah that rebrand is imminent and it's because Beachbody as a company is um sort of tanking right now so there's the there's the updates and the (laughs) follow-up well there you go we'll see uh, we'll see if health esteem catches on as a buzzword (laughs) I'm trying not to let schadenfreude get me high right now but it is so bad um, good so luck bad. to them good yeah. luck to that man <laughs> good good luck to that man also oh i i saw this in one of the like things that i read about it um i had mentioned in the episode that we did that he was like a new billionaire apparently he was only a billionaire for like a few days that was like right before the uh merger and it going public and not Soon after that, he is no longer a billionaire. Sorry, Mr. Carl Deichler. Oh, oh, no. everybody cry oh. for Carl. He's not a billionaire anymore. I'm, so sad. I'm gonna. I'm doing the Nancy Pelosi clap. <laughs> oh God. Oh, <laughs> um, Carl. But no, I mean, all all joking aside, it is interesting to see this like super well established but old school company trying to update itself, and we will see if they are successful um but yeah shall we move on yes we shall all right let's talk about it let's talk about taylor (sighs) swift okay swifties get over here um luckily between the time we talked about talking about this and the time we're talking about this we have a more positive spin to put on this but yeah don't expect anyone to keep up on my tiktok (laughs) yeah but i am gonna reference it Let's give some background info because I know a lot of people listen to this podcast because they are not as online as us. And so maybe oh, no, they, all they know is that I'm totally going put to put out an album. Okay. Okay. Great. Yeah. I will, I will let um, you go. Carolyn, let me craft my story. <laughs> let me, <laughs> let me experiment with narrative structure. Give me a break here. I'm going to turn um, off my mic. You go for it. <laughs> I made the, the deep dark mistake of entering Swifty discourse but there was yeah right i know everyone played the world's tiniest violin for laura um there was an incident that existed at the very specific intersection of taylor swift culture and diet culture in the public sphere and i felt like you know as someone who publicly weighs in on both of those things i should weigh in so what happened is Taylor Swift released her 12th, if you count the re-recordings, highly awaited studio album, TS10. Uh, It is called Midnight's. There is a song called Antihero, which is a collection of her deepest fears about herself, her insecurities, her, you know, anti-hero characteristics, whatever she would classify as that. It's a great song. It's not my favorite song on the album, but I do think it is the best song on the album. That is an important distinction to make. Um, and there, on top of this, the, 
morning after the release of the album, she released a music video, which immediately had like millions and millions of streams. It's a great music video. There is a scene in the music video where there are two different tailors, one that represents the public Taylor Swift and one that represents the private Taylor Swift. Um, and the private Taylor Swift steps on a bathroom scale, looks down at her feet, and the scale just reads fat. Like literally it says the word fat. And then public Taylor looks down at it, looks at her, kind of shakes her head. And then it cuts to private. Yeah, it cuts to private Taylor looking in the mirror and public Taylor is behind her kind of grinning evilly. Um, This, I will say, this is not a this is not a podcast episode about defending myself, but I will slide in there that when I posted on TikTok, I did not realize this was going to be capital D discourse. I did not realize this moment would get picked up by as many people as it did. When I watched that music video, I was like, wow, this is a great music video. That moment happened. I was like, oh, ew. And then I had been publicly. Yeah. Like ick. I've been publicly celebrating the album release. So I was like, well, you know, TikTok people want to know what I have to think. So I'm just going to post a little bit about what I have to think. Here's the thing. I, I'm just going to speak from my perspective because I think if you desire broader perspectives, they are being offered and those are worth seeking out. I think this moment is worth talking about because I think that Taylor Swift, as you know, she tends to be white feminism embodied Mm -hmm. um, as she exists at an intersection of incredible privileges. I think Taylor Swift, who has made many mistakes like this in the past, is a great, you know, I think it's unfair that she exists as a lightning rod for this kind of discourse, but I do think that she is a great example for other thin white women, other privileged people learning from her mistakes. And I think that when in the music video, Taylor Swift, who is a thin woman, looks down at the scale and the scale says fat, and she's the writer and director of this music video, what I don't think there's another way to read that other than this is a thin woman saying, I feel fat. I'm and I'm not even interested in discussing the merits of whether that should be in the video or not, although I do know people have strong opinions on each side. I think it is a worthy discussion to have of, hey, as like thin women, it's really not helpful and it's actually quite harmful to say I feel fat in a public sphere because fat isn't a feeling fat should be a neutral descriptor. That's what, you know, fat liberationists and activists have been fighting for. Mm -hmm. It's like you really need to read the room when you're publicly discussing body image and body image issues are issues that should be taken seriously. Taylor Swift has been very public about battling an eating disorder. Certainly her body itself has been discussed in public spheres and that's not fair to her. Mm -hmm. But when you exist in a body with a lot of privilege, you need or even if you don't, you need to be conscious of unpacking your insecurities publicly because we know that insecurities and like even deadly in, like body image issues mm-hmm. come from these unfair white supremacist, patriarchal, youth centric, centric, ableist, whatever standards, we, those standards trickle down into personal insecurities. Mm -hmm. And when you're unpacking things, you are, there are people watching you. And when you are 
one of the top recording artists of your generation and you are putting something out that you know the public is going to watch that is intended for public consumption, you should be careful about your word usage. Mm -hmm. And I don't I don't expect Taylor Swift in her personal life to be having conversations about actually fat is a neutral descriptor. Like I, you know, I, uh, whatever, like we're getting into entire conversations about celebrity there. <laughs> but I think that like as thin white women, we should watch that video and go, oh, no, it's actually pretty harmful to say I feel fat because like there are fat people listening to you and that fucking sucks. Like, yeah, just and some some people are saying like, oh, well, what could she have possibly said? That's her. That's what what she feels. Are you telling her she can't feel what she feels or be open about what she feels? I think actually Taylor Swift offered the best rebuttal to that because the video, the music video has now been edited on Apple mm. Music. And now in the music video, Taylor looks down at the scale. Public Taylor looks at the scale, expresses disapprovement, uh, dis disapproval. disapproval. <laughs> and then the music video moves on. Yeah. They literally just took the word fat out of it. And this is my opinion now. My opinion is that it reads so much better. Mm -hmm. It, I'm sure people, I reserve the right to change that opinion is all I'm going to say about that. But you expressed the same thing. We all knew what she was talking about, looking down at the scale, regardless of what the scale said, mm -hmm. didn't need to say anything. We understood that she was discussing her struggle with eating disorders and, you know, the public consumption of a woman's body as a mass media tool yeah. and unfair beauty standards without further stigmatizing the word fat, yes. especially when the only body on screen is the body of a very thin white woman. Yeah. Yeah. I have not contributed to um, this discourse at all. Um, but from what I've taken away from it, from the various uh, mostly TikTok videos and some tweets um, that I've seen is that it's very, it's very clear that what Taylor Swift was trying to do was an artistic critique on body image or uh, like body expectations in the entertainment industry and um, a reflection on her experiences with insecurities and eating disorders. And all of those things are, I think, wonderful topics that sh like can and should be explored through art. Um, and the the thing that most people were having the biggest issue with was that by putting the actual word fat on the screen like that, it was directly correlating the word fat with a negative experience um that it that it was a thin woman through imagery saying fat is bad fat makes me feel bad feeling like this word describes me makes me feel bad and even if that is something that is a true thing that she has experienced um it's a very outdated take in my opinion like we are far enough along as a culture with like the reclaiming of the word fat as a neutral descriptor that we don't need massive celebrities with huge followings to continue to perpetuate that association of fatness and badness I saw one person I think it was on Twitter um Related to like the reclaiming of the word gay that like, oh, that's so gay used to be like an insult. Um, but there's been a collective shift around the way that that word is seen where it is now 
generally seen as just a word that describes a sexual orientation and is not inherently an insult. And I, uh, I saw mm-hmm. someone, like I said, on Twitter kind of associating that the a similar reclaiming, and it's not exactly the same, obviously, no two things can be compared exactly, but that it's a similar type of reclaiming that is happening right now. And that um, using like the imagery that Taylor Swift chose was just not very effective in conveying the critique of, um, of the entertainment industry and her experience that, that she thought it was. And so I think personally, I think it's good that she changed it, that she listened to that criticism. Cause it's like, Hey, that was kind of alienating. And that was sort of, um, like taking the conversation backwards coming from someone who is as powerful and influential as you. So I, I personally think it was good that she changed it, but also my opinion I mean, I, doesn't really matter. <laughs> I think the same, I think it's the same flavor as influencers who have built their entire brand on look when I slouch and hunch over and pinch my stomach, my skin has folds too. Yeah. Even though that's the same body that when I stand up, it's thin and it's, and maybe that was kind of like, revolutionary yeah, in like 2011, but it's I mean, not anymore. I don't, <laughs> it was at least like, maybe it was edgy, yes. but I don't think it's truly yes. revolutionary if you're still bartering your own like personal image against somebody else's like oppression. No, like, yeah, absolutely. You, edgy is a much better word still for have, it. Like subversive people, to the like dominant cultural narrative, but not actually like liberatory in any way. Cause that kind of content is just showing how well you can perform the beauty standard, even when you, even when it's unrealistic in real life. And that is the moment we're having in this music video where that moment is emotionally laden because we're supposed to look at that and go, Oh my gosh, even Taylor Swift feels like she's, fat and she's so clearly not fat isn't that sad because fat is obviously a bad thing so that that really sucks instead of um yeah it's like to me the message that she was trying to put across was like like you will never look good enough for this like machine that is the entertainment industry yeah. and the consumers of what you put out. Like you will never look good enough. Like there will always be a thing that can look better. And unfortunately the way she decided to depict that visually was with a scale that said the word fat on it. And I think that was just a poor choice of how to uh, communicate the message that she was trying to get across in the music video. But um, yeah. And I think that's, it is a critique of that choice and not of the message because yeah. Yeah. I think that that moment is equally potent without being harmful the way that it's been edited now. Um, and with the caveat that like, please go listen to fat people who are making videos about this or yes. saying that it was harmful to them. Anything that we know about body liberation and fat politics we learned from fat creators who exist in marginalized bodies and also I made that video and people were kind of shitty and rude to me or they disagreed with me loudly but they weren't that shitty to me and other people who have 
made videos that were maybe even milder than mine who exist in marginalized bodies, in fat bodies, have been relentlessly bullied for several days, have had to go private or delete their accounts, have been getting death threats. So I think if anything, that proves the point of why this is an important conversation conversation we need to be having. Yep. Yes, I agree. But if you have been um, lucky enough to not be aware of this discourse... Good for you. I'm I'm aware of yeah, too much discourse. This is the last time I'll I'll ever mention the the TS word in a video. It's just <gasps> not worth it. Oh, <laughs> I know. It's it's uh there's a wild wild world in stan culture. Maybe that's a video for another yes. day. Oh my god. No, that Oof. is it. I after we're done recording, I have an idea. <laughs> um write okay. that down. Write that down. Write that down. <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. But okay, so Let's move on to uh, our final segment today um, that's going to be more spooky Halloween fun times. Um, we're gonna do we're gonna do a draft um, you know, like a football draft because it's also football season. Um, I have a couple ideas so Laura, maybe you can help me decide which one you want to do. So we can do a draft okay. of um, like, scariest things about the fitness industry we could also do scariest things about like uh the online health and wellness world because i feel like those are two different things um i think no holds barred and i think we each get to pick five of the spookiest things we've been thinking about lately okay so five we are drafting our teams for um scariest 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 things in like the health and wellness industry online and in person um okay so we each get five spots we're gonna go back and forth how Mm -hmm. do we decide who's gonna go first um i would say flip a coin but i don't know logistically how that would work Um, you go first i'll give it up well 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 all right oh what i was going to say what i was gonna say um so we're also going to post on the Instagram story a poll and you can decide whose team is better. <laughs> Who's drafted yes. scary fitness industry team is indeed the spookiest and the scariest. Okay. Um, the first one that I am going to choose my first round draft pick I feel like we see this coming a mile away and I'm kind of hoping I steal this from you um, is male trainers who uh, like exclusively market themselves as female fitness, female empowerment, um, female weight loss and nutrition coaches. Sorry, boys. (laughs) You freaked me out. (laughs) Spooky, spooky. (laughs) Spooky, spooky. Welcome to the team. (laughs) Oh, you know, that didn't even make my list and I'm shocked. I'm shocked. that's something that I love to yell about. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I felt like I had to take it in the first round. <laughs> that's, that's really good. See, here's the, the reason I picked my first, my first draft pick, um, is cause I felt like you were going to take this one. Oh so God. isn't that telling, <laughs> um, this might, this might be niche, but my first round draft pick is gender essentialism. <laughs> cause I have been getting so much content that's like, 
everything changed for me when I started tapping into my divine feminine and only wearing my bala ankle weights instead of going to the gym. And I'm like, oh my God, there are so many mixed messages going on in here. And it's, it's, it's like trad the trad wives, wives like we talked about. Yeah, it's really, really starting to eke into the wellness world in a way that, you know, please worry, darling. It's please. not good. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. All right, your turn. Okay, my second round draft pick. Mine is kind of um, kind of similar to that. Uh, it's the um, uh, wellness to alt-right slash QAnon pipeline. Mm, ooh. Ooh. I'm taking that one. Heavy hitter. <laughs> yeah, that's like the big bad. You know how in every season of Buffy, she had like a little zombie in each episode and then there's and then the big bad. The final boss. That's, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, exactly. The final boss. Um, okay, I'm going to go for a mild one with, I think, very dangerous repercussions, Ooh. which is undisclosed sponsorships. Ooh. Because... And this ties into the Patreon episode that we just recorded about all the greens powders that are in my inbox. But there are companies that have reached out to me um, saying, oh, you know, take this, accept this, and then you just need to post a video with it and maybe you tag us and then we'll pay you later. Oh. And I've seen influencer friends um and big big influencers who I know make a lot more money than I do for partnerships posting videos with these products and then the product just maybe happens to be tagged in the caption but it's certainly not disclosed as an ad it's not disclosed as any kind of a partnership or that they're getting any you know brand kickback for this wow. and then there are people in the comments going "Ooh, do I need to try that I've been seeing it everywhere mm. and that is how these brands reverse engineer um, like social proof. Uh, so that is spooky, ooky, kooky, and creepy. That to is me. very, very creepy. Very sneaky, creepy. <clears throat> okay. I'm trying to decide between a couple here. Um, but I'm I'm gonna say that my my next draft pick, the next addition to my team is the um animate or not animated illustrated spot reduction workout ladies on on uh, pinterest <laughs> fair yeah those the mummies yeah <laughs> you know what i'm talking about i was the, thinking we should have like labeled each of these as like a horror movie monster oh yeah i know exactly what you're talking about they all have very perky ponytails and and no very bone perky structure butts. and they're just showing you how to do flutter kicks yeah very perky butts yeah those yeah. those workouts are like the bane of my existence it, it like they are just so much of nothing with mm -hmm. so many I just like I wonder how many people they fool because it's not even real like pictures of real life people like it's literally illustrations and it'll show like before and afters or like um like progression illustrations of like a belly being bigger and then being smaller and it's like this is what this workout will do for you and I'm like my guy that's a cartoon what are you talking about yeah I I just imagine that those are so easy and effortless to make yeah. that they don't even like they're so prolific because 
or they're prolific. They're not powerful. Yes. Like I doubt many yes. people are engaging with those, but they're just everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everywhere to me. <laughs> um, yeah, I hate those. I fully support that. Mm. I'm jealous they didn't make my team. Okay. All I've right. got one. Round three. Outlandish claims about the purpose of Pilates. Ooh. I've been making, meaning to make TikTok videos on this with screenshot receipts, but I just pulled one up and it's a video of someone doing some bird dog variation. And it says the Pilates variation that sculpted my arms, toned my legs, snatched my waist and gave me a juicy peach emoji. And I just want to be like, no, it did not. It did not. It did not. Show me. First of all, I'm against before and after pictures, but show me a picture of you before you started doing this because I bet it looks very similar. Second of all, Pilates is literally meant to like be next to physical therapy and like help, you know, disabled people keep quality of movement. Like this is not, I, it's so garbled and there are so many, I know so many wonderful, educated, dedicated Pilates professionals. And then there are so many, internet people who have just decided to start making Pilates content. And it's clear that, I don't know, maybe they went to a weekend of school, but yeah, like they, they're not certified. Have, <laughs> it's there's so much misinformation about Pilates ghosting around out there right now. So oh my that's God. my, um, that's my little gripe. Mm, mm. That's on my team. I okay. call the Pilates trend. Okay. So we're on to round four. Now we each get two more picks. Okay. I'm, I literally just thought of this one and I think it booted out one of my other options because I was like, Oh my God, I hate this so much. Um, chiropractors who give out nutrition and, uh, advice and self supplements to their patients. That's something we've never talked about on this podcast before. Maybe we need to do like a chiropractic, uh, myth busting episode. We'll get an actual chiropractor on here. Because that is a wacky world of misinformation as well. Yeah, I plead the fifth. Yeah. But, but until like, we do that. Nutrition specifically. Like, I'm not talking about actual, like, chiropractic yeah, adjustments and whatever. But it's when they step completely out of their scope of practice and, like, tell their, like, patients that they need to, like, do keto or whatever. It's like, you are a chiropractor, what business do you have talking about nutrition and telling someone to go on a diet? It makes me so mad. Yeah. Yeah. The answer is none. The answer is none business. The answer is Mm. none business unless you're on my team and then (laughs) do that because it's scary. (sighs) Yeah. Okay. My next one also has to do This is a little bit pointed and a little bit shitty, so I'm going to bite my tongue on some of the names, but if you listen to our back catalog, there is a specific figurehead tied into a specific very large uh, corporation that recently their stock dropped about 12 points, Um, and specifically her Instagram stories, which begin each begin with about three full seconds of silence while she waits to check if the camera's on. So she's taking the millennial pause to a new level. It's in every single frame, which I'm not sure how you would even accomplish that, but it's the 
glassy-eyed stare directly into the camera with the, I love my powder, I love my carrot sticks, and my oatmeal. Um, Creepy. It's really, (laughs) I really can't look away. It's like a... it's like a car crash on the side of the road where I I want to be in that room while this is being recorded. I want to see if there's someone standing behind the camera with a weapon of some kind. Um, I want to be a fly on the wall during that therapy session. Like I need to know everything. And it would definitely be better for my mental health if I just stayed away. So that's number four. And I'm sorry I was cryptic about that. But I think people can probably deduce who you're talking about. It's fine. Say allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Okay. Final round. I'm going to take this one into the real world, into the big box gym. And it is measuring body fat percentage during, uh, like not even like new client sessions, but like when you get that free quote unquote personal training session, when you join a gym and then they take all of like Mm -hmm. your biometric measurements and, um, specific, specifically though, the body fat percentage measurement, because I mean, I can't, I can't think of anything more awkward and humiliating and traumatizing that you could do to someone in a gym than make them and unnecessary and unnecessary than make them like stand on one of those uh like machines that you grab onto or literally measure the circumference of their limbs with a tape measure or god forbid pinch their body fat using calipers Oh my God, all of these things I have had to do at various jobs. And I am so sorry to the people that I put in that position. Um, I was young and was afraid I would get fired if I didn't do it. But as soon as I realized it wasn't really that important and my superiors were not checking whether or not I did that on every form, I stopped because holy crap, I do not need to do that in order to... uh, train you or sell you personal training literally horrifying like actual horror movie shit right there oh the calipers it's very spooky that that is like common practice i mean that's in textbooks yeah extremely outdated it's literally like on the list of like checkpoints that you are like supposed to do when you are onboarding a new client and it is just not necessary Yuck. Yuck. Okay. Mine is a jump scare. (laughs) Oh, no. Quite literally a jump scare. My last draft pick. There is a women's only gym fitness space that pops up on my TikTok for you page all the time. Women's only gym, gym for women, women supporting women. Isn't this amazing? This women's gym fitness space. Isn't this wonderful? Don't you want to come hang out with all us fitness girlies and just be around women and be safe because you're around women and no creepy men? I'm like, that is so cool. I want to go to there. Guess who owns it? The creepiest man of them all. Brett Contreras. Noted abuser creep. Sorry, alleged, 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 allegedly one of the most horrifically, allegedly abusive and allegedly creepy and gropey men 
in the industry people in the industry and the spookiest thing about this to me is that he has completely disappeared from media about this gym because of his reputation. Mm. Unless you kind of do a little digging and you see that he's standing in the back of every picture, mm. but nowhere is it listed. I mean, I'm sure like on their website, but on TikTok and stuff, it's not listed as like, Oh, this gym by Brett Contreras or like, it doesn't even have the same branding as his other ventures. Yeah. Um, Ugh. But he's there and he's watching and and that makes me want to die. Here's the thing. I have a question though. Does that technically fall under my first round draft pick? No, because I'm technically referring to the TikTok jump scare, but I think I really only get by on a technicality there. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think it's a level spookier because he's not advertising it. Ooh, that's true. That's true. He's just uh, like he he's concealing his identity in the whole equation. You're talking about like the traps from Saw and I'm talking about Jigsaw himself. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes me want to cut off my foot. <laughs> oh, no. Can we do one more? Can we add one more? Okay, bonus round. Bonus round. Since I stole yours a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Okay. So th- this is like we'll we'll do a bench pick here. Um, the uh, uh, Instagram bodybuilding world of like specifically like 2014 to like 2017. Um, one of the scariest rabbit holes I ever personally went down in the fitness world. But yeah. Uh, Instagram bodybuilding content of the 2010s. Fair. Fair. Like why all the little, why all the little containers? Why so much chicken and rice? So many containers. Why all the salt-free seasonings? Why do you have a whole Mm. day of working out dedicated to biceps and calves? That's weird. That's a weird way to exercise. (laughs) Yeah, talk about like inefficient use of time. <laughs> also, wait, mm. the the man behind you, it looks like Kanye West. Stop! To don't me. say the man behind you, Carolyn. <laughs> we already I talked about him. Fine. There is not okay. Well, that was like a long time ago. You know that I have the memory of a goldfish. Ah! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The, it's okay. I understand now, but that was spooky ooky. The robe and hat behind you look like Kanye West looking down at the floor. <laughs> don't bring that. Don't evoke him in this space. I'm sorry. I'm this sorry. is a safe space. This is a spooky okay. space. This is a scary space. <laughs> Fine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to actually scare you. Okay. <laughs> what what is your what is your bench pick? Uh you know, I didn't have one prepared, but I will just say I've noticed a trend of uh, pseudo aspirational content of people being like, I didn't reach my fitness goals until I stopped going to the gym. And I'm like, you you just have such a fundamental misunderstanding about what everything is about. It's a lot of women doing pseudo impairment content where they're like, I actually lost weight when I stopped working out. And I'm like, did you maybe just need to take like a rest week instead? Or are we talking about how like you're also losing lean body mass and how it's going to have disastrous ramifications for your health down the line. But you feel like a little bit quote unquote bloated right now because you're inflamed because you've been overtraining yourself. Mm -hmm. So instead of doing like an actual sensible training program, that's going to like really support you until you're a hundred years old, you're deciding to just 
drop it entirely like it's oh, so God. the extremes and yeah it, it's like okay my only options are to work out so hard every single day I feel like I'm gonna die or to not exercise at all those are the two options which one will make me skinny what <laughs> yeah let's and find the, some shades of gray in the I middle think- there babe you'll be so much better off <laughs> The ramification that makes me the saddest is that it's all couched in this rhetoric of like the fitness industry is lying to you. And it's like, that's true, but that's not why. Yeah. Like that's not, <laughs> don't take it, that. That's, that's our, our thing. Don't take Ooh, that. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. Um, I have one more thing that I do want to bring up. This didn't make my list, but I just thought it was really funny recently, like in the past week or so I've been seeing people, um, Mostly on Twitter, I've been seeing people tweet like that girl content and being like, Mm -hmm. what in the Patrick Bateman shit is this? Mm -hmm. And I just think it is Mm -hmm. very funny that people are comparing like that girl and like the clean girl aesthetic to like a horror movie icon. Um, I think that is very fitting for the season. And I love that comparison. And I wish that we had thought of that back when we um, recorded our That Girl episode. Did we not? I don't think so. I feel comfortable gaslighting everyone and saying that we did. I think we made that up. (laughs) We said it first. (laughs) We invented that and we're going to trademark it and then we're going to sell it back to you for $29.99. Patrick Bateman Um, is that girl. To end on a slightly positive note, which you've just inspired. I do think it is nice that I think it's scary, but I think it long-term will be nice that in any other decade, that girl would have been like a decade long trend. We could have pointed back to it and been like, Hey, this thing. And I think because of the fracturing of the trend cycle and just the pace that internet culture moves at nowadays, trends like those are finding critique much faster than they used to. It's exhausting to keep up, but I think that that is a net positive because I think eventually the trend cycle will burn out and rely instead on like consumer intuition and, you know, long-term tested knowledge. So let's fingers crossed besties. We're trying to be a part of that shift. Um, but yeah. yeah. All right. I think that's all. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. It is good to be back. Please go vote on the poll. If you please are listening vote. to this the day that oh, it I comes thought you out. meant in the midterms. Oh, that also, too. Please vote in the midterms. Please go that's vote. more important than our poll. <laughs> that is definitely more important than our poll. But also the day that this episode comes out, we'll be posting on the Instagram story and you can um, vote if you think yes. uh, I had the scarier Correct. team or Laura had the scarier team. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> thanks for participating. We love you guys so much. Um, if you want more content, check out the Patreon. And yeah, we'll talk to you in the next episode. We love you. Let us know what your uh, spookiest, scariest fitness moments have been lately. Oh, please. Yes. And show us your Halloween costumes because we like talking about fun things too, not just yelling. Yes. Oh my gosh. Love it. All right. Thanks everybody. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.